Hello and welcome. I'm Marquette and you're listening to Mind Body Dallas. I'm so excited to have one of my dear friends, Linnea Orlaska, on the show today. Linnea is originally from Lindale, Texas, and this is actually where we met in fifth grade and became best friends. After graduating high school in 2003, she made the cheer team at Kilgore College. At KC, she was also on the newspaper editing team and did sideline reporting at football and basketball games and produced cover stories for a local radio show. And we were roommates there. We had so much fun. She went off to Texas State University and graduated in 2007 with a degree in mass communication with an emphasis in public relations. Linnea is a natural salesperson. Starting her first sales role at the age of 21, she realized it was a professional passion of hers and knew that it would be her career path. She landed a job with Johnson & Johnson in 2010 and has been in the medical device sales world ever since. She now works for Smith & Nephew ENT and has loved the last 10 years with this amazing company. She enjoys working closely with ENT surgeons in the operating room to help them strategize and achieve great clinical outcomes. Linnea and her family live in Buda, Texas, just outside of Austin. She has been married to Daniel, who is an Austin firefighter for 11 years, and God has blessed them with a daughter who is now eight and a son who is six. In her spare time, Linnea enjoys spending time with family and friends, watching her kids play sports, exercising, reading, going to the lake, and relaxing at their getaway cabin in San Saba, Texas. She leads a women's life group within her church and has a passion for helping people personally, professionally, and spiritually. Linnea believes that God knows what we need and wants to give it to us. If we allow him to work in our lives, he will make all things work for his greater good. Linnea, hello. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Yes. Well, it seems like so many, if not all of my clients and listeners and friends, um, even lots of my family struggle with anxiety and drinking alcohol, if not anxiety, then also drinking alcohol, one, both, all of the above. <laughs> and um, sometimes it's like drinking alcohol to cope with the anxiety and then the anxiety because of the drinking or as some of my friends call it, a hangxiety Um or the hangover that's, you know, creating anxiety. So let's talk about that. I've been so proud of watching you, proud of you, watching you go through all of this in your journey. So um, I had to have you on to tell us about your journey with anxiety and alcohol and overcoming the grips of each one of those. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's not always an easy topic to talk about or something that people even really want to address or dig into. Um, but I can say for me, it's been life changing. So I'm happy to have some listeners kind of join us on this conversation today. Um, I'll just start by saying, you know, I didn't realize that the two were connected and we can dig into more about how that kind of unfolded for me. But I just thought back in 2007, I mean, I had my first anxiety attack 
And I didn't know where it came from. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I didn't even know what an anxiety attack really was. Um, and I'll say that it was very um, scary um, because from that point forward, I struggled with anxiety. And it was almost like I was having anxiety about the anxiety, right? I was mm. so anxious, like, am I going to have an anxiety attack while I'm giving this presentation? Or, oh my gosh, what if I have a panic attack? you know, during X, Y, or Z, whatever it may have been. And so it became um, very um, consuming. And I just was trying to figure out, you know, what's wrong with me? Um, what's happening? You know, I've never been a person with anxiety. And part of me was even ashamed because I thought, man, like, I've always been a person with confidence and somebody who's um, always been outgoing, um, but it was very crippling at times. And um, I just realized that it was something that I was not very open about because I was ashamed of it. And um, I went to counselors, I was seeing doctors, and I was trying to just do anything I could to just minimize it and kind of mask it and push through without anybody knowing. And um, I realized now that I am open and honest about, which I know we'll get more into in a minute, um, it has been very freeing um, to be able to talk about my journey with um, experiencing anxiety and then how the alcohol played into it. Again, didn't realize it at the time. Wow. That is crazy. And I hope that this will be an opportunity for people to tune in and maybe even connect those dots in their own lives. So yeah, that's interesting how it you know, affected you and how it came on suddenly and all of those things. So maybe you'll tell us a little bit more about maybe your journey through anxiety and how it affected you, maybe specifically professionally and personally. Would you like to expand upon that a little bit more? Um, yes, I just feel like, um, you know, I was trying to, you know, you know, I got in medicine, I got an anxiety medicine because you have anxiety. So here's a prescription, yeah. right? Um, I was going to counseling. We were working through like mindfulness and like cognitive um, behavior patterns and things like that, you know, working through different things that counselors and therapists like to talk about. And of course, I always stayed close in my prayer life, which I feel like was the number one most helpful thing out of anything. Those things were kind of what I was kind of going through. Um, but what's interesting and looking back at all of this, it's like all of those years that I was on anxiety medicine, working with therapists to go through this, I never put the alcohol into the equation, right? Um, they never asked, they, never did any of them suggest, hey, cut back on alcohol or why don't you try to quit drinking? I mean, not one time. And I mean, I was open and honest about my consumption, which I was classified as a social drinker right? And that's right. acceptable, which there's not anything wrong with drinking alcohol. I'm not going to say that at all, um, but it wasn't serving me. And it wasn't until I completely removed it for a completely different reason that I realized, wow, I feel so much better. It's like completely minimized. And I don't think it 100% will ever go away. I'm not perfect. Um, but man, did I feel better when I finally removed it from the equation. Well, okay, then tell us a little bit about that. So what was the point in time or was there a point of time? Like, tell us a little bit more about that when it became kind of obvious that you needed to 
take a break from alcohol because maybe you took a break and then you started to connect those dots. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I feel, you know, very blessed in saying like, I never had a rock bottom. Some people talk about, oh, it was my rock bottom. Um, I never had that, you know, I mean, I, I don't think that I could look back and say um, it was problematic, you know, in my life and creating issues with um, loved ones or relationships or professionally or anything like that. Um, what actually happened, what actually triggered the, the, the alcohol fast is that my husband was having some health issues and the doctor told him that he needed to quit drinking period. End of story. Like no questions asked how to quit drinking. Um, and, um, he quit and out of support for him, I decided, okay, well I'll give up, give it up for Lent this year. So I gave it up for Lent that year, you know, Easter, you know, time rolled around again the next year. I gave it up for Lent. And then I did like a six week fast, um, during one of those years as well. So there was like three different times when I, gave it up for a short period of time, meaning like a couple months. And I felt really good. Um, but I never, you know, stuck with it. It was like, okay, my, I, I reached my goal of six weeks and I can have some wine again. You know, it was no big deal. It wasn't until September, 2021, when I was in a church service and I felt without a shadow of a doubt that God was telling me quit drinking alcohol for the next three months. And I remember thinking, well, the next three months is I have a lot, a lot of things coming up. I have, you know, the holidays with my family. We are usually always drinking alcohol. You know, I have, I have this coming up. I have that coming up. Like it's, it would be such a hard time for me to just completely break away from alcohol. But I really felt convicted that truly serving Daniel, the message, Daniel's my husband, the message of that sermon that day was service to others. And although I had given up alcohol here and there in the past, I just truly felt convicted. Like if you truly want to serve your husband, quit drinking alcohol. And Dan Daniel never had asked me to quit or cut back or anything. He, he, he said he was fine with it. It was, it, he was on his journey and I was on mine and he never um, had, you know, asked me to, but I just felt convicted, like out of service and out of true love and respect for him, I was going to listen to the prompting that I was given without a shadow of a doubt, quit drinking for the next three months. So I pretty much decided right then and there, um, I was going to do that. Well, it's just interesting how the Holy Spirit works because during this time, my three month goal that I'd set, I was one and a half months in. And I just felt so free. I had never felt such a sense of peace before. I felt like the anxiety I had experienced for 14 years prior was minimizing almost completely. And I felt so much um, peace. I really did. And I had never felt that much peace in my life um, over the last 14 years. And to me, I took that as a sign that God was telling me, this is the answer. You know, you've struggled so long. Um, perhaps, you know, just sticking to this is the answer that you need to be truly free. And so it was at that point, that one and a half month mark when I said, okay, forget three months, I'm going to go a year. And I'm the kind of person where if I set a goal, I'm going to do everything I can to achieve it. And so I knew that I would be able to go a year because that's the goal that I felt like in my heart I needed to set. And why, why change something that was working so well for me, right? It was serving my, my marriage, my family. It was serving me professionally. It was serving my mental health. Like nothing had ever served me before. And I've tried everything. 
So I decided to go a year and that year, September, 2022 has come and gone. And I honestly do not have a desire to drink alcohol anymore. Wow. That is profound and so inspiring. And I love that, you know, you're saying you didn't experience a rock bottom, but that really the why is a high why it didn't, you know, you decided to quit drinking alcohol because of service to your husband and, and this deep conviction in your spirit um, at church service that day. Okay. Three months and then three months turned into one year and it was all to serve your family, serve your husband, serve yourself, your job, all of these things. It's like, wow, this gift keeps on giving. <laughs> and, yes. and I am so proud of you and so inspired. And um, I, I guess I want to ask, you're kind of seeming like the answer is no, but I still want our listeners to hear. I mean, basically you're sounding like you, there wasn't a hesitation for taking this break. You felt it in your spirit and, and you just, but, but if there was, I mean, was there a hesitation? Are you saying, no, there wasn't a big hesitation and, um, or maybe I should ask, was it hard at first? You know, those thoughts went through my head at first because I thought, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like there's such a stigma around it. It's like, well, I have a concert to go to. Of course, I'm going to have a beer or, oh, I have a wedding to go to. Like, how am I going to go to a wedding and not have a glass of wine? Like, those were literally thoughts I had. Right. I also yeah. felt um, regardless of maybe people, I, I was fine maybe saying, oh, I'm taking a break from alcohol, um, you know, but also like what I feel a sense of deprivation, you know, what I feel deprived, like, man, I'm here, but I'm kind of annoyed that I can't just have a glass of wine because that's what I would always have done in the past. And so I think if anything, those were my hesitations in the beginning, but it is amazing how when you're just doing what you know in your heart you should be doing and you're on the path with God, he is going to show up every single time and he's going to give you what you need. And I'll say that it was easy for me to politely decline or, you know, I like sparkling water. So I would drink sparkling water in place of a cocktail. And I really felt a sense of empowerment because I just felt like, man, there's no way in the world I would have ever been able to do any of that on my own. But I know that I had God on my side because I feel like I was doing what he was wanting me to do. Um, and I feel like, um, those hesitations, you know, like, what are people going to think? Or gosh, am I going to feel so deprived? by going to an event without alcohol, I feel like those were squashed pretty early on because God showed me the way. And I felt um, just truly at peace. And to me, having that sense of peace, like inner peace, true peace, that's not masked in any way or enhanced with a chemical is to me better than anything that, you know, any sort of temporary feeling or any sort of feeling from anything else. So wow. for me, those, those hesitations early on were pretty much, um, a non-issue yeah. as I got going with it in the journey. That's amazing. It sounds like you handled a lot of those, like you said, hesitations and also temptations with a high why, when you're focused on a higher reason, like, well, my peace is more important than this drink you were so focused yes. on that. You were empowered by that. Then of course you handled temp temptation easily and, or with ease, I should say. And God has shown up in your life to help you stay committed to this decision because it really is for your higher purpose, your higher goal, the higher, um, 
outcome for your family and as a mother, as a wife. Um, oh gosh, I'm so proud of you and just awesome. And okay, so tell us more of the good stuff. I feel like you know a little bit talking about the struggle or the the reason why you did it and the hesitation or temptation, but tell me a little bit more about how this has blessed your life personally, professionally. Maybe there are a few big wins you might be willing to share. Uh, not taking anxiety meds, meds, that's a big enough win for me, but yes. tell us a little bit more, maybe a little yes. brag session. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it was like three months into the no alcohol when I, a month and a half when I felt the peace, overwhelming sense of peace. I mean, it was three months in when I was like, I'm going to get off anxiety meds. And that was to me like such a win because for so long I took medication to cope and I just truly felt like I no longer needed it. So I worked with my doctor. I got off anxiety meds. I've never felt better. Um, I mean, another, you know, highlight to any of the women out there listening is like, I don't have to train as hard at the gym because I'm not training through all those empty calories. You know, I'm able to maintain a physique or, you know, body weight or whatever that I feel like most comfortable at. And I feel the most healthy. I just truly feel like a sense of health. I love waking up on Saturday morning, ready to just attack the day with, you know, my family and not feeling sluggish. I mean, I feel like I'm reminded every weekend when I wake up, like, wow, I feel clear minded. I feel like um, I can get up and, and exercise and not have any hesitation because I have a headache or I'm dehydrated. You know, I mean, e even just having a couple glasses of wine the night before, um, you know, not horrible, but it still would create some sluggish feeling or a sense of like cloudiness in my brain. And I don't have any of that anymore. And to me, that is such a huge win. Yes. Um, I can be truly present for my family um, you know, they get the authentic me all the time because I'm not, you know, um, tipsy drinking or I'm over <laughs> drinking that mommy juice. Exactly. And, um, again, nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, it was no longer serving me Right is, is what, you know, I came to realize. Um, so those are the biggest things, you know, I mean, I like being a good example for my kids. I love supporting my husband because he can no longer drink alcohol. Um, and so I just feel like we just have a sense of like wholeness and, um, just truly a good handle on mental health. And, um, for me, that is, that is so important. Yeah, that is so important. Um, what about, the first anxiety attack or panic attack came on uh, back in the day and you were about to give a presentation. So how have presentations really improved for you professionally speaking? I mean, you're able to speak mm -hmm. so easily now and that's really been a huge win for you and your career. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. Um, I feel like, you know, before giving a presentation, you know, I think it's natural that we have the butterflies. I mean, I was explaining to my daughter, she was nervous about her talent show a couple weeks ago oh. and said that she had butterflies. And I told her that like God gave us nerves for a reason. And ironically, they actually have to help us perform better. And I explained to her kind of, you know, about adrenaline and about, you know, just having those like those nerves, those jitters, and you can turn them into a positive. Before I would be, you know, dwelling on um, what if I do have an anxiety attack in front of the room, you know, or, or, you know, what time should I take the anxiety pill before 
I have to give the speech because I was nervous. And I think that, you know, I still get the, the stage, you know, jitters, but I try to turn them into a positive instead of dwelling on it because I know that it's a gift from God and not something I should be fearing. So I think that's been the biggest change, but just being able to just truly breathe and just have a sense of peace around it all versus getting so worked up over something that I was terrified would potentially happen when in reality it never did. Um, It was just a stronghold that I think was um, over my mind and that I was feeding into it from a sense of fear versus a sense of acceptance and peace. Wow. That's powerful. Oh, what about the impact I know on your, your little nest, it's been amazing. You said they've gotten your authentic self all the time. You've really supported your husband since he can't uh, drink alcohol, the impact it's had on your family at large and your friends at large, like the people outside of your household. What about the impact it's had on them? Well, I'll start by saying that um, everyone has been so supportive, which I'm so appreciative of. Um, You know, I mean, I expected it, but like to just truly see the support from my family and for my friends has been great. I mean, I'm happy to be the DD for my girlfriends and yeah. just go have some fun or hang out with my family. And it's fine that I'm just drinking water. Um, and so that's been really cool to see. Um, and, you know, there are some different examples where, you know, people have reached out and asked, I mean, in, in my, in my husband, Daniel as well, because he's now um, almost at, in fact, this month is four years for him. So people have reached out in our circles privately and just said, Hey, either straight up, I'm struggling, dude, like help me. Like, how did you do it? You know, or, Hey, you know, Linnea, I noticed that you've, you're no longer drinking. Like I would love to cut back. Like, do you have any advice for me? And so that has been really cool to see too, because I'm never going to shame somebody for if they're drinking alcohol, I'm not going to judge anyone, but if they want to come forward and ask questions on like, Hey, you know, I, I, I like what you're doing, you know, could you help me maybe cut back or quit um, or work on this or that? Like, to me, that is um, a blessing because I'm able to kind of pay it forward with my experiences and everyone has a different story and everyone's going through something different. But I think even just taking that step that they're taking just to, to voice like, hey, you know, can you help me out with what you're doing? is huge and i feel super blessed to be to be in a position to give advice on on something like this and you know if somebody wants to quit drinking or cut back on drinking alcohol and a byproduct is that it improves their mental health and rids their anxiety and depression wow like that is huge you know what i mean talk about an increase in just your well-being overall Absolutely. we're happy longevity longevity and everything else yeah so yes we're happy to share Mm -hmm. sorry go ahead exactly no we're just we're just happy when people reach out to us and ask us about it because we feel like it's our duty and our responsibility to share and to encourage and help those who are struggling whether it's alcohol whether it's depression anxiety um it's amazing how when you're consuming on a consistent basis how intertwined that those topics are yeah i mean because we know that it's a depressant. Like people will say, I'm so stressed. I need to calm down. I need to grab a glass of wine and wind down, right? Or calm down. Okay. So what is it then? Is it an upper or a downer? It's a downer. It calms you down. Then the next day you're what? Up or down? Down. (laughs) So it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. We know this is a depressant. And then what do you need? You need an upper. So you need more caffeine. You need, uh, all of these stimulants to get you going again or, um, 
even a lot of my clients, they go between wine and Adderall. I mean, it's like wine at night and, or, and cocktails. And then the next day they're drinking, I mean, they're taking caffeine and Adderall and it's crazy the, the cycle and it's to stay focused and to get back mm-hmm. up again. And which is really hard on your kidneys big time and your adrenal glands and your liver, of course, processing all of that. But, um, Anyway, not to, not to get all bio, but yeah, what I was saying too, is just like, you're not just adding years to your life. You're, you're adding healthy years to your life. Like you're adding longevity, but also healthy, happy, wonderful years that you'll remember. You're not going to have all those blackouts and brownouts. Not Mm -hmm. that you ever did that, but I've had blackouts and brownouts. (laughs) And so, and I know a lot of my clients, you know, we kind of laugh. It's funny. Like they'll say, Oh gosh, I barely remember Saturday night. So I really need a hard workout. I'm like, Ooh, and, um, you're right. I, I don't shame them or anything, but it is wonderful that people can talk openly. And then we start the conversation of, um, you know, is this my best life? Is this my best self? And I think for you, you were able to answer, no, I don't think so. I think there is a higher, uh, a higher path that I could, when I say higher, I don't mean better than the other person. I just mean like for yourself, you chose all of these are choices and you're choosing a path that's full of life and happiness and joy and peace. And I'm really inspired by that. And I'm so glad that you're allowing people to come to you in your circle, inner circle, and a little bit outside. Now, I've got to know, what do you tell them? Because maybe to anyone listening who might be interested in giving alcohol a break, maybe they pushed play for a specific reason. They're struggling with this or curious about um, more than just dry January. So what would be your main piece of encouragement or support for her, him or her listening? Um. I would just say, you know, for someone that's wanting to cut back or maybe quit or maybe perhaps just give it a pause and see like, hey, I'm struggling with anxiety too. Maybe cutting an alcohol is going to be the answer for me too, because everyone's different. It just happened to be what, you know, helped me. And I didn't even know that it would be until I got into, you know, the fasting part portion of it is I would just say, you know, maybe ask yourself like, why, you know, are you, is it just based on habit? I mean, are you drinking alcohol to cope? And perhaps it's just like a social environment thing, but it's just no longer serving you, you know, Um, and then start small, you know, I mean, you don't have to say I'm going to just quit drinking alcohol forever, but maybe just start small, like maybe set a goal for to go like a week or two and just see how you feel. Like, do you feel a physical and mental difference? And if you do, then perhaps you could consider taking a longer break, right? Maybe next time you're going to set a goal for 30 days um, and just to see truly to see if you, if you see the benefits of it, because it didn't take me long to see the benefits of it. And perhaps others would see that as well. I love that. Um, were there ever any podcasts or documentaries or books that you read that you'd like to share with us that maybe inspired you along the way? Yes. Um, I actually, um, actually you recommended a book to me, um, a while back called this naked mind by Annie Grace. And this is a book where, you know, she talks about the psychological and neurological components of alcohol. And it's, you know, based on science, but it talks a lot about the stigma of alcoholism in our culture. And for me, it was really eye-opening. One of my friends actually um, also recommended the book to me um, shortly after you did. And she told me that she read it once, she cut back, and then she read it again, and she never touched alcohol again. Wow. So if anything, it's, it's, 
uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I think her stats that Annie Grace actually says, it's like 50% of the people who read the book cut back on alcohol and a staggering 30% will actually quit drinking alcohol after reading this book. Um, you know, I mean, one of the things that, you know, was very eye opening for me, it's like, I was turned off to learn that I was aging myself by putting jet fuel ethanol into my body. And to me, that was just, when you put it like that, it's like, wow, that's the same stuff that they run jets off of that we're consuming on a daily or weekly basis. And for me, that was one of the things, but she goes into so much more detail about just the cultural stigma and kind of what's truly happening to our brains. And I found it pretty eye-opening and pretty fascinating. So I've recommended that book to a few people um, because I thought that that was pretty, um, educational really and can be eye-opening you know if if you're interested in that yeah that book is pretty powerful it was recommended to me by someone who also went through he was just like I need a break he was a former client and he said it was absolutely life-changing he was like whether you have an issue with alcohol or not you got to read this book and recommend it to everybody you know and the way he said it was just like wow and I bought it right then because I just was he just was so convicted he was like I haven't touched alcohol in three months because I said wow you've you're looking good you know you look just so healthy and have you leaned out a little bit he said I quit drinking alcohol and he just, the way he, he was short, sweet. He didn't have to defend himself or explain why he just was like, mm-hmm. that's the answer. That's what happened. And, um, <clears throat> that's actually part of what made me give alcohol a pause and reorient myself with alcohol, reestablish a new relationship with it. I gave it up for a little while and same thing. I leaned out a lot. And I think, like you said, I mean, the whole, her book was riveting for me, but, uh, I always say younger next year, you know, I think I, my biological age went down a lot and I, I leaned out, I lost almost 20 pounds <laughs> the first year. And so anyway, I mean, it was like you said, not having to work off all those extra calories in the gym and everything. And, um, but yeah, that book was amazing. I'm glad that it affected you the same way. And I'm glad you recommended it and everyone listening, I'll put it in the show notes, um, for you. And, Let's see. What else? Anything else? Am I forgetting anything? Or is there anything else you'd like to maybe share about maybe some last words of encouragement or anything else you'd like to share with us? Um, I would just say that, you know, my hope is that, you know, if there is anybody listening out there that um, they're experiencing, you know, anxiety, depression, that they're able to experience a sense of freedom and peace because, it's out there. Um, whether it's by stopping drinking alcohol to find it or not, it's, it's out there. And I just, I know what you're going through. I've been there. It's a dark place. It can feel very isolating. Um, and just know that you're not alone and that you can come out on the other end of this and then you can be a blessing to others. And then the only other thing that I'll say is that, you know, as simple as, as this sounds, it can be so profound and I don't know where, you know, people are in their religious walks, but I would just say by simple as asking God to help, literally just using the word help, he will, he will. And if you're in a situation where you you're feeling tempted or you're feeling overwhelmed, just, you know, God help me like as simple as that is. And it's amazing how he will show up every single time. And 
He, I believe that God, you know, he knows what we need and he wants to give it to us. I believe that we just have to be willing. Amen. That is awesome. So powerful. I agree with you. I do. And I'm so glad you said that. And thank you for uh, turning your test into your testimony now for all of us to hear. And you're right. Um, Anyone listening, you can turn your test into your testimony too. So I just, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. And for that reminder that those, that one word can be so powerful. Help God help me. Those three words, just God help me. So thank you for sharing your your experiences with us and your faith and your encouragement. Thank you for your time today. And I loved having you on the show. I love having you on the show. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Thank you so much, Marquette. I appreciate it. It was great. And um, thanks again. Yes, you're welcome. Okay. Well, until next time. Thank you. Thank you.